0: Global controls will have to be imposed, and and, and a world-governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to Tinfoil Hat. We we go deep,
1: homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional shit wake up aaron
0: this is only the beginning Dude,
1: you just blew my mind man. you just blew my mind yes we are live let's see if we come in boom there's my pretty face guys welcome to another tinfoil hat thank you so much for tuning in i want to apologize to everybody uh obviously the show usually comes out on monday and thursday monday i was not available personal problems uh life drama uh let's just say i there's a small chance i might have a sister i didn't know about and then i had people (laughs) crashing in my house that have a lot of drama and i couldn't make the show so i owe you all an apology to our guest to xg here i owe him an apology he has to drive uh, in the heart of traffic to get here so I tried to get him early enough so hopefully you didn't jump in yeah, your car. Was, yet I
2: was literally about to jump in the car and I was like
1: <laughs> oh that would have sucked Oh that would have sucked i <laughs> would have felt bad no, we're so good though. So my apologies to all of you guys. I love you very much the passion. You know, I like to get these episodes out, but I also don't want to do a half-assed job for you guys. A lot of amazing things are going on here, okay? The big tour is coming up. Uh, Texas, do we have any flyers? I'm going to be tomorrow night, Friday, November 2nd, I am at Hyenas Plano, Texas, okay? We've sold some tickets. I'd like to double the numbers. If you're in the Dallas area, please come to this show. I promise you an hour of power. There would be an hour of fun in Sam Tripoli versus everybody. Uh, I'm doing a show myself. I have some wonderful comics joining me. So Plano, trust me, this is the show you want to go see. And then the following night, I Tinfall Hack comedy night, Eddie Bravo, myself, we're at the Secret Group, Houston. Holla at your boy, okay? Holla at your boy. Come do that. Uh, tickets are selling really well there as well. And then also, finally, finally, we're uh, Austin. We are going to be at the uh boom 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 paramount theater in austin the stateside theater go grab those tickets now all those links go to sam and you can get all those links there uh, just go to my live thing the the website should be up very soon for some reason my uh host has not posted it but the new website should be up we're super excited about that and go to the patreon i'm putting up live streams on there that i only do on patreon and i'm putting up the um and we're doing an episode again it's been a little chaotic but i'm getting them out for you they've been fun so everything like that and then i'm proud to announce i have put together a research team for our show i've reached out to everybody if you want to help research on the show we uh i put together a crack unit of about eight to ten people who are now going to uh, help research for the show. If you'd like to be a part of that, please email me at tinfoilhatpod at gmail, and I could add you to that list. It's for those who like to go deep, real deep, so deep. Put that ass to sleep, okay? Uh, yes, I just did rap lyrics right there. I am very excited. Uh, XG, how are you? I'm good, good, good. Good to see you. How is, uh How is being on a show been so far? It's been great. I love uh, it. Uh, You know the comments, they like you. They're little, you know. Some of them. Well, listen, dude. It's here's what I've learned. Fuck them. You've told me. Yeah,
2: you've told me. Just
1: fuck them. It's the blessings of YouTube. What you've learned is like you just can't care, so you just can't worry about it. So it's like it's this blessing that kind of gets it, kind of beats it out of you. And then you just go, you're like, oh, I don't care about your criticisms. If it's constructive, you take it in. If it's just blatant teeing off for no reason, you don't care. And it's
2: always the same trolls.
1: It's always it's the same guy. It's always guys. the same guy. One guy's, guy's going to go off and then drinking Avion water, and I'm a Nestle shill. It will happen. <laughs> I got fucking 7-Eleven coffee. How hood is that? I got 7-Eleven coffee. But I'm excited to join, uh, to get our welcome our next guest. Uh, he's yeah, got...
2: Ridge, Ridge Wallet.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got to do that, too. Ridge Wallet. Bam. Uh, today's episode... Is brought to you by uh, our friends at RidgeWallet.com. That's right. Uh, RidgeWallet is a minimalistic wallet for men and women, okay? It basically... Where is it here? Of course, I'm going to fuck this up. Uh, RidgeWallet is a minimalistic uh, wallet that is uh, launched by a father and son team and funded on Kickstarter in 2013. The RidgeWallet now resides in the pockets of over a quarter million men and women, the Radio frequency identification blocking wallet is made by two metal plates, either titanium, carbon fiber, fiber, or aluminum, bound together by a durable elastic band. I have one at home. I will be flying tomorrow. I will be using this wallet. I'm going to get you one, XG. Oh, that's what's up. You need a fucking wallet. You need a minimalistic wallet because I have one of those Seinfeld wallets. It's, uh, it's so bad. It's, it actually drags my pants down to the point. And it's bad for your back. I don't know if you've heard to be
2: sitting on your wallet. Really? Yep. Oh, that's why
1: I'm, I'm Quasimodo. I got this hunchback. <laughs> it ain't good. So, dude, this thing's perfect because I, I don't know if you know this, but people can actually steal information off your wallet. That's where technology's gotten is that they could just jack your information, your cards just and all standing, that like, stuff. standing right next to you? Yeah, according to my mother. That is what's going on. Who watches the nightly news the CBS, and just CBS, never shows. leaves her house because the, the world is full of just <laughs> Islamic jihadists stealing where your it came info. From. That's where it came from. From in upstate New York. My mom's in upstate New York where we have cows. The worst thing we have is mobile meth labs. <laughs> you know, the Ridge Wallet is a minimum front pocket wallet. It's designed to let you ditch your bulky wallet. The wallet is slim, has a radio frequency blo- blocking, and is a lifetime guarantee. It's the last wallet you will ever buy. It comes in titanium, carbon fiber, aluminum. Polycarbohydrate and over a dozen different styles and colors. You will now find this very unique. You just got to go to, where is it right here? God damn of course the, the thing isn't coming up. Just go to ridgewallet.com, use the promo code TINFOILHAT, and you'll get 10% off your wallet and you get free shipping worldwide. Free shipping! You know, when you buy shirts, they, you're in Canada or Europe, boom, they throw $1,000 on that to ship shirt, These guys ship it out for free. So go to our friends, RidgeWallet.com, and use the promo code TINFOILHAT and get, and tin, it's, it's, is it, it's tinfoil hat, uh, yeah, just go do that. God damn it, man. All right, please, welcome to the show. Uh, he's got a wonderful book out. He's controversial. Uh, people are talking about him. He's got a book out called "Crime and Punishment in the 21st Century." Uh, it's available on audio. Please welcome uh, Michael Wood Jr. Everybody,
0: how are you? No golf, bap, nothing. Just a dry intro like that. Went in raw, no lube, no did nothing. Said I had a wonderful book, but well, bitch, you ain't even read that book.
1: Yeah, I, so- I've read excerpts. <laughs> I've read excerpts. I've read. I've read what you told me to read. I read that stuff. <laughs>
0: Okay, okay. Uh so where do you want to kick off, man? One thing I got to say from the get is it's really weird when people want to talk to me and get into a, uh, an actual conversation and reach out to me. So there's always an interesting story behind it. I'm totally interested in hearing how you ended up wanting to have a conversation. With me, who is probably guaranteed to say that you're an idiot somewhere along the lines of this conversation. Well,
1: I don't mind being called an idiot. I mean, I've been okay, called okay. an idiot my whole life. <laughs> I flunked first grade. There's nothing amazing about that. Oh, real quick. That promo code is TFH10. TFH10. So get that at RidgeWallet.com. Sorry to bring it back.
0: Um, get that Ridge wallet.
1: Get the RidgeWallet, dude. The zombies are out there. They're running fast. Your wallet's going to slow you down. They probably got some radio frequency technology. The zombies are up on it. But back to you. Uh, I'm interested because I've seen videos on you before. And you're, uh, you have some interesting theories on crime, uh, the police force, and basically where we are in this society. You know, a couple things I want to bring out. My father, my excuse me, my grandfather and my cousin... Uh, my grandfather was a cop. My cousin's curly a cop in Atlanta. I'm super excited to go to Atlanta. Chocolate City, home of black strippers. I shall be there. Okay. I'm very excited about that. That's where the big booty came from. That's that big where booty dude, shaking we're going to go from. Houston, dude. There's horse's asses all over the place. I'm going to be so excited. <laughs> there are horse's asses everywhere, and I will be enjoying them. But the point yeah. of the whole thing is this, is that it's interesting – uh, from the, what I was sent, the reading material I sent from you, your take on basically the whole thing, uh, crime punishment. We've seen through the years, th- this whole thing is basically we have two things going on there. We have, um, you know, institutional racism versus um, a, a, a population that I, is either basically taught to not trust. The the the, uh, the 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 police force, the, the the law enforcement departments, okay, and you have a job which is incredibly dangerous. I mean, it's like it is. A, every, you know, we do podcasting, okay. You know, we're not going to go. Hey, will I die if I go do this podcast today? Oh no. You know, but when you're a police officer, every, every time stop. you pull every somebody stop. over, there is the the chance. That you could, so you have this, weird, this institutional racism versus this, this incredibly dangerous job. And, you know, and therefore the, 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 the relationship is not black and white, even though this, a lot of what we're talking about <laughs> is black and white, right? So, but it's more gray. And that gray part is what nobody really wants to talk about. And, and so that's kind of why I'm super excited about bringing you on. What may, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your history and, and what made you write this book?
0: Well, basically what happened is I was a regular old uh, all-American boy that was running around, getting into trouble. Kind of, I grew up in the 90s where you had that race-blind era where watching Martin, mixed communities, race really wasn't a, a topic we had. I just wanted to go serve. I thought a good thing to do for a kind of undisciplined kid like me was to go in the Marine Corps, kind of focus that energy in a positive light. Went to the Marine Corps at 17, went at off 17? my own, went to the wow. anti-terrorism security team. Uh, did did some work there. Uh, you know, was shooting, had fun. I really enjoyed the Marine Corps. I thought it was a good time. That kind of skill transitions only into one place in kind of a civilian marketplace has to be a cop. I always wanted to be a cop anyway, so I had the kind of skill set just transitioned over into becoming a police officer in Baltimore. That was around 2003, 2004. That I, 2003 I ended up becoming a cop in Baltimore, yeah. and then I went out, walked, went to the academy. Walked foot patrol, then I went into patrol in, in a car, then I went into um, an anti, w- w- like a knockers unit. If people watch The Wire, they're called knockers. Eventually, you just jump out of cars and rough people up, mm-hmm. search them, mm-hmm. shit like that, try to get mass arrests out on the streets. Then I ended up in a major case narcotics detective unit, went into, to deep into narcotics. It kind of opened my eyes a lot there, seeing the community... Uh, from kind of uh, a place where nobody knew I was there, knew I was watching. I, I, my presence wasn't known.
1: So what, and, when you were undercover? Yeah,
0: uh, not not undercover, per se. I mean, I was playing clothes, but I would hide all day long. So, I mean, people would literally be selling drugs inches away from me. and They had no <laughs> idea I was there. So what, were <laughs> was, you dressed like was,
1: a bush and you were just hanging out? Like <laughs> dogs were coming and peeing on you and you couldn't move? You know, it was like this weird floor of like red light, green light. You just had to sit there. Uh, why people are selling drugs around you? Like, what, how did you? How did they not know you were there?
0: Well, I mean, I have lain down in a ghillie suit in <laughs> the weeds and <laughs> just let people walk all over me and around me before. But mostly in, in that operation, I was either in the back of like a tinted out van, so they couldn't see in, but I could see out, or I was in a vacant building where, you know, like, the, that vacant would be right next to a house, so they would just be right out in front of me, or I could even hear them through the walls of the house, things like that.
1: Oh, wow, man. What an experience that must have been. So did you grow up in Baltimore and that's why you want well, I mean, to
0: join? Well, it was the suburbs of Baltimore, the outskirts. And, and to be honest, I mean, you kind of had this idea that Baltimore is the war zone. So I went there because mm-hmm. the, I want I mean, I want a shit kick. I want to have fun. I don't want to write tickets to fucking people going to a job. So, you know, I wanted to go down and have where the action was. It was just the action I was pursuing And there's this kind of idea in the neighborhoods where you're, you're like kind of praised in the suburbs when you're a Baltimore cop because they want you to like keep all that riffraff down in the city and not let it come out to the suburbs.
1: It's very interesting, man. You know, you know, the cops are very interesting. It's, it is, it is a job. It is a hard job, man. I think that's, that's lost on a lot of people when we just impossible. Just, it's an yeah.
0: impossible job, and that's that's really where I ended up is, is finding out that the job is literally impossible. I got my bachelor's in criminal justice, started to see it as religion, and you have certain things like we talk about we have crime stats, and we don't have crime stats. We have no idea how much crime is committed. Crime is a measurement of what police do. It's not a measurement of what citizens do. There, there, there's nobody getting locked up on Wall Street right now for having all the cocaine that they have. For sure, theirs. man. So, yeah, we don't actually measure crime.
1: We Well, we measure poor people crime, or what are you saying no, we, that?
0: We, we literally measure what the cops are doing. So this is what a cop told you he did during that day. That's all it is. No more no less.
1: I mean, you have the arrests, right? I We have the records of the amount of arrests we have that. That's so right. But that's
0: just a cop telling you that he arrested this person and sent him into that processing. You don't have any idea how many people he put in his car during that day. You don't know how many people he put in handcuffs. You don't have any people he questioned. You only know what the cop tells you they do.
1: And that becomes that area in which you see people when they say white privilege. You know, it's like you think about that, like how much a cop can fuck your life up? I mean, like. Well,
0: I mean, sometimes. So we get caught up in a lot of things. What cops are trained to look out for, and this is why it's institutional, is they're not racist. They're trained to look for what's out of place. So if the system puts you into. Uh, you know, a certain a neighborhood and tells you what to look out of place. Well, then you look for drug dealers and you look for things like white people. I used to do it all the time. I mean, you were if you went through West Baltimore, or East Baltimore and a hoopty ass card, you were white. And one of my officers didn't stop you? I was going to be pissed.
1: Really? So I mean, yeah, but it's here, an
0: obvious drug lockup. Just going right down the fucking street. Oh, I mean, so in this up. area, if there's
1: a white person there, they're there to do some shady shit. If I'm in the but because the, it's who's,
0: who's who doesn't belong. What doesn't belong? Oh, that's interesting.
1: Belong? Well, you know, man, I used to work at this uh this uh, when I was in Vegas going to college. I worked at this retail store, and one day I'm in the office. And I did all the all the uh, theft reports are there and I'm reading the theft reports and they're all black people, black people, black people, black people, black people. And I go, that's that's interesting, man, you know, because, you know, you're talking about we come from the 90s. There was a different kind of attitude there. I, I, you know, I wasn't racist. I don't think anybody. But I found that this was very interesting, that everything was black, black, black. And then I started watching and I realized why. Because when the black people came into the into the store, you saw the manager go, get to the jeans, get to that area, get to that area, get to that area, get to that, that area. So in a weird way, it's also what you're saying with white people in this kind of thing. You find what you're looking for. So white people would yep. come in and they would just rack the place up stealing because nobody had their eyes open. But as soon as a black person came in, all of a sudden everybody was like, oh, dude, be on pins and needles and let's see what these people are fucking doing. And that was a big shock to me. So it's almost the reverse of what you're saying, but the same thing in that when you saw black people in this area, I mean, white people, that was a sign some shit was about to go
0: down. But, but- that's why we have to understand the history of everything because right now you can look at statistics and you can say something like, Well, yeah, black people probably steal more. And you're probably right. They probably do steal more. But the reason is why you have to look at that. So the reason somebody's looking at them is because that's who was looked at to begin with, off of a false premise, when you chase back the first time that cops got statistics and who committed crime was runaway slaves. So northern cops from Boston would catch runaway wow. slaves. And who who is physically capable of running away? the males that are 16 to 24 years old. So that's when you get your first crime wow. stat. So then you keep you can base things logically and rationally, and not if you don't understand their intent. That's probably my hardest issue right now is to get people to understand that it's not necessarily that that person's racist. They can have a rational logic to that. You have to understand both sides of this issue to understand how why we have to fix it and why you just can't try to to like duct tape this bullshit system.
1: Okay, so what you're basically saying is. Uh, let's say the premise, the not, the, the notion is, and we're not saying whether it is or not right now, but the notion is black people commit crimes, right? The notion is. And you're saying that that may be true, but there's statistics which back it up on why that is. And then we go back to why would this perception be, and that is, some old institutional racism going back to if you're looking for something, it's what you find. Is that what I is that what you're trying to tell me?
0: Yeah, I mean, so basically you have uh, it, the kind of not knowing the history of something and just dealing with what it is at the moment. And then you don't. You, so so you have all your implicit biases. But you're, you're not – you don't know where your implicit biases come from. That's why they're fucking implicit. So, right. so you have people that don't understand the system that's going through and you have those p- groups committing more crimes most likely. I mean of course. I mean if you look at murder stats, it's, it's very clear. But there's reasons that those people were put into a situation where crime was a greater option. or, or so, so violence – part of my big thing is that violence is actually a biological malfunction. So you were pushed there for some reason and had a biological malfunction. So there's reasons why systemically, such as redlining, such as not having people with fathers in the home because they went into prison, such as not having access to resources, things like that that make you more likely to commit a crime going forward. Regardless, This has nothing to do with race. I mean, we must settle right now if we need to get past this. Race is not fucking real. It is a social construct. It's not biological. It was created in its early record in 1667 in Virginia. It's not real. It is tied to nothing. Explain so that to me. Is, Explain that go to ahead. me. What, what, what? Well, I mean, it's just not real. It, just, it simply doesn't exist. Well, I mean,
1: I mean like, um, so you're saying there's yeah. no African race. There's no Asian race. There's no... I don't know what white people are. I don't you're, you're Middle East, Middle Eastern race. You're saying those, those don't exist. Is that any yeah, different race, than the argument races right don't now?
0: Exist. I yeah. mean, this is like completely settled in biology. Um, so you have all of your things of your genetic alleles that lead you to a specific geography. Only 7.4 of your alleles are, 4% of your alleles are contributable to any specific geography. And within that geography, only 1% of the people even have that allele. It's just it's 1% of 7.4% of the entire world. It's literally statistically irrelevant. If there's any biological evidence, you're just talking about people that look different because of certain things. But that, that even now, as we mix, you don't know where any of these things are. This is all about perception. For example, I have tons of Jamaican friends and they get called African-American all the time. Got news for you. They're from the West Indies. They're not from fucking Africa.
1: No, I'm so, with you but on that. They're
0: considered black. So it's, 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 it's about what other people perceive and it makes it really hard because I'm trying to Uh, like fight a system that one of its primary goals is to get oppressed people to proliferate the system cops included so all cops come from the oppressed classes and and then we are we are fed resources and given advantages to execute the oppression on our own people and we Uh, all do that and playing the race game is one of those things
1: i get what you're saying you don't see any Rothschilds becoming fucking beat cops in boston or anything like that that's what you're saying like the elite class doesn't join the police department
0: yeah, I think looking at it as uh, privileges is is actually a, a really harmful way to look at the concept. It's more like barriers that get put in your way. And so somebody that is black and a female and Muslim and gay in our society would, would clearly have more hurdles in their progress. But they're just – they are hurdles. In, in America, anybody can achieve any level of success. To think racism is going to stop you mm. is, is fucking foolish. So there, there are things that make it difficult. It, you don't get an advantage by being white. You may have a, a, a barrier that's not there, but sometimes that barrier is there. For example, with me, I will never be a police chief in this nation right now because I'm white.
1: There's no white police chiefs?
0: No, I won't be because Why? right now everybody wants to hire – so your, your white cops that you're going to get as police chiefs are going to be right-wingers who are like the old kind of crack the whip kind of thing. But if you're a liberal, uh, more progressive leftist kind of a, a police chief, which there aren't really in any in, in actual reality by their actions, just by their rhetoric – But so if if it's me, then I'm not going to be supported by the left. I'm not going to be supported by grassroots because white people can't possibly fucking know policing.
1: Right, right. Well, there is a giant push right now. Diversity, you know, like places like my cousin could not get a job anywhere in New York as a cop. They would. they're like they literally tell him you're the wrong color. They say that you see that in Hollywood right now. You're the wrong color. Color, so we right. had and to go down to Atlanta. Think about
0: this, though. So that's what people are fighting for—diversity. But in policing, this is what I why, why I struggle. It's not true. So diverse cops in policing are not better cops. We knew this from N.W.A. They let you know that when it's a black and a white one, look out for the black one showing out for the white cop.
1: Yeah, like, for sure. That's
0: real. I watched it. Black cops are more violent towards black people. Why? Because it makes them look more bad. violent. It makes them exactly. look bad. It exactly. makes them look bad. It's
2: like, look, you're making me look bad. I'm over here doing my thing, doing what's good, and you're over here ruining it for me. Do you so. find
1: that with Latino cops? Or do they?
0: No, yeah. it's all cops. White cops do it, too.
1: So white cops are harder on white people? I was
0: more aggressive towards white people, absolutely. Really? Uh, for the same rationale in that and – All crime, all violence is more likely to be committed by what you're familiar with. That's why it's black on black crime, because it's also white on white crime, because it's also Latino on Latino crime, because we commit crime where we're familiar.
1: Yeah. And I always laugh when I see these commercials about how, like, oh, this guy, just random hoodie dudes walking down the street. He looks around, he runs up to your door and he kicks your door in and like, I mean, like it happens, but most likely – the, the, the criminal is somebody you know, right? Like the, That knows the, your schedule, the your The killer neighbor. is in your house. Yeah. But they can't sell you a security system that protects you from the person sleeping right next to you. It's the fear of everybody around you so you don't leave your house and you stay home and there's no connection to other people around you. Um, I, want, I want, So if there's no race, what makes us different? What makes me different than XG other than I'm probably 20 years older than him? But what is the difference... Between us what makes his characteristics different than mine?
0: Uh, the, so people are their DNA plus their experiences. Uh, this means that you were born with a certain set of, uh, of DNA, so you have so much attributes from your parents that you get uh, from things that they have been through in life that they've gone through and you know if they live in a cold environment, well yeah, they, they got a little hairier and they, they got whiter skin or something like that, but that's just an adaptation to your environment that's not enough to make you actually different from him there's more likely that you have genetically you have the the odds are you have more genetic alleles in common with a black person than you do with me because we have so much diversity that it it just doesn't work out that way and it feels weird to even say it but that is true there's literally nothing that separates us
2: since you haven't been in the force would you say body cams are a good idea like if you think Uh, it would have stopped anything from back in the day like if you would have had a body cam
0: so everything that I want to be, everyone to be aware of in policing is that policing and, and everything they use is a tool. So what matters is who is in control of the tool. So are body cameras good if you're in control of the tool? Most likely. If I'm in control of the tool? No, absolutely not. I'm going to use it to my advantage. Um, there are tons of good examples of this. There's one of a sheriff's uh, killing a guy in Florida. It was about three or four years ago. I don't remember which. The cops were originally acquitted because if you looked at the body camera footage, it looked like they did everything fine. This guy was resisting. No use of force. But then they found a different camera. And when they showed that camera angle, it was absolutely clear that the cops were completely in the wrong because you got a different perspective. I think it's fucking dangerous to be saying that you want to like film live stream the world from the cop's perspective what yeah i can't think of anything more orwellian than streaming things from the cop's perspective so what's the answer from an objective perspective
1: how are you gonna do that how do you do that? Well, I mean,
0: London does it. Other places do it. But well, now you have you're really thinking about privacy issues.
1: But now you're, yeah, that's where we're walking into is the privacy. Yeah. So, what are you
0: asking your cops to do? So, my main objection is: is why are you sending people like me to pull over a car to to take your to handle your complaint about you know your burglary or something like that? You don't need this armed force that's using violence as an answer for your solution to everything. So, I, I'm really. Like trying to say most of these ideas where you're saying, well, how do we fix this? It's you don't fucking do that because it's never going to work.
1: So, okay. So what is the answer?
0: So even when you're talking about violence with policing, it's not about needing to monitor them them more. It's about incentivizing them to do something right. For instance, no cops can do the right thing right now. They have no pathway. If they snitch on somebody or they are a whistleblower, your career is over. Everything you've worked for is completely sacrificed. The left will throw you under the bus. The media will use you. And then you'll be thrown to the trash like every single police whistleblower or whistleblower period ever is. I mean, look at Chelsea Manning now. They fucking tortured her. A yeah. cop never you snitches know,
2: it- on a cop. Well, yeah. you know that, that's well, a, that's like main rule. You see it on every movie. It's it's stated the well, cop doesn't 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 tell on a cop. Right. You we, always got to have his back.
1: We were driving to uh, Phoenix and like one of uh, George Carlin's bits playing that I'd never heard of, and it's the 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 album that was supposed to come out that was basically going to come out on like nine eleven, and it was basically his whole thing was like the bigger the better, and <laughs> he had this whole thing about how he hates cops. But the one thing he respects about them is how they don't snitch on each other, and uh, which is a very interesting thing. I don't know how you police the police.
0: It's yeah, I don't think that's true. By the way, what that uh, cops don't snitch. Yeah, well, I think that's a trope. Well, I mean, like
1: um, I mean, like you just said, if you snitch, you get thrown into the garbage can. That's the whole. But they do
0: snitch, and they get thrown into the garbage can. Constantly. Right. But the culture
1: um, is don't snitch. Right. That's the culture.
0: It is, but. Uh, they still do it. Um, the, the and is that good is or that bad? Because it sounds arrested. like
1: you're saying it's not good.
0: Well, I think cops snitch on other cops more than plumbers snitch on other plumbers. Well,
1: plumbers aren't committing fucking <laughs> planting fucking, I don't know, drainage problems on people.
0: I, I know, but I'm just saying I, it's not quite as entrenched as as it would seem what happens is is these things get buried in the system because it's not a transparent process so the cops will tell iid and or internal affairs it just won't go anywhere because the things, if it's, especially if it's a good old boy, like, I mean, the Gun Trace Task Force in Baltimore, you heard about that story with all the corruption in Baltimore recently. OK, so I was on Rogan's podcast talking about them, the Gun Trace Task Force. That's who I was talking about. And I said their names on Rogan's podcast three years ago. I was talking about it and they still let that unit go around and, and – and do all those things to all those people for something everybody knew and had tons of complaints about. It's, the command staff is your enemy, not officers. Officers from like lieutenant down, your regular officers working the street, the vast majority of them are trying to do the right thing. Yeah. It's your politicians and your command staff who are in control of all this. They never face accountability. The cops face accountability all the time.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, if you look at the military, it's the same thing. It's like right. these very high ups making these ideas, you know, about going invading this country and that country. Well, they'll never set a foot in that country. It's the, you know, the soldiers that will do it. And it's they're never their kids that are going to go. Go step foot in those countries it's like everyone's pro-war when they don't have to worry about them actually fighting the war and it's the same thing like the troops aren't the bad people you know like they're just joining because one they want a job and two they love their country but then at some point they realize that this is banker war bullshit and they're going into these these countries kicking in doors of people that didn't do anything that's what
2: happened uh, on 9-11 so For many people sure. signed up, and it, you you felt like, oh, they were doing a good thing. They're like, dude, my need, my country needs me, and then they're like, dude. Oh,
1: yeah, it fucking, was a banker's yeah, fucking war. Was, they're all bankers. Like, the, my favorite thing is like, as I have comics on here that aren't necessarily into conspiracy theories. They come on, and then they start investigating, and they start opening their eyes, and it's just like, yeah, like my cousin, my my fo- my grandfather. Now listen, you know. You know, full disclosure. Later on in life, I found out that my grandfather wasn't the water walker that I thought he was. He didn't walk on water. He wasn't Jesus. Later on, I found out he had a separate family, and um, <laughs> that my dad told me half his his memorial. Uh, one side was all L- the Niagara Falls Police Department, and the other side was the Niagara Falls Mafia. So, I mean, it is <laughs> it is what it is, you know, and. It kind of gets back to what you're saying genetically. You know, my mother, her father was this kind of cop that was like, did what he had to do. And then she married like a fucking knucklehead from Pine Avenue and had two knucklehead kids. You know, one of them's a dick joke comic who does conspiracy theories. And the other one runs, runs black strip bars. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But is there, was there something about genetically that you were talking about that has to do with crime? Am I, did I read that wrong?
0: no uh so i sure like for instance being bored male is a really good indicator that you have a greater propensity for violence i just think so. about that
1: as i get older i watch these young guys and they're all just ready to pop ready to start swinging at a drop of a fucking hat and i'm like how did i not go to jail i mean i was so ready to fight everybody all the fucking time and as you get older that kind of dies off a little bit but you know i just it's, it's amazing cameras. you got to be smarter now yeah. Well, nobody stops smarter. fights anymore. So have you ever noticed that? Nobody stops a fight. When I was a kid, you, you know, two white guys about to fight, it becomes a pushing match. Everyone breaks up. Nobody now. They all get their. You their gotta videos yell, all Star,
2: out. Yep. You gotta yell, all Star and you gotta record it. Right. That's what.
1: It's interesting as shit. But go on. You were making a point about being male. My bad.
0: Well, I mean, that's one instance of where things come up, but that's not, I mean, that's just who ends up committing the violence, but they still all have underlying layers of experiences that make you more likely or less likely to to commit crime. The, the, there's four crime causations, and there's no police department in the entire world fighting any of them. The number one is environmental poisoning, led most likely by most prominently by lead poisoning, and uh, some researchers say that this is up to 90% of violent crime. I think it's about, uh, somewhere around 40, 45%. Uh, you have income inequality, you have, uh, which is people think it's poverty and it's not poverty, it's in- inequality. So when things stare you in the face, so places like Chicago and Baltimore an exacerbating factors, there's no middle class. So when the income inequality stares you in the face, that's when we see violent crime, when we see local instability. So things like not being able to have jobs, having stressors, being out of the, the home, different things that, that can mess up your your local thing. And the four is policing themselves. Poli- there the, We have had crime reduction despite policing, not because of policing policing is violence for the sake of violence doing the logical idea of saying that violence is a deterrent but we already know for decades that violence is not an effective deterrent just like the death penalty and yeah. a million other examples so
1: death penalty nobody stops going oh i might get the death penalty if i do this you know they're a crime of passion you know murder is the ultimate and i don't mean in a good way but the peak of emotional response which is why i'm convinced that women love watching the first 48. Like, ever watch the first 48? Every fucking commercial is a Tampax commercial. Everything's <laughs> about, uh, they're all women products because women love emotion. And the ultimate emotion is when you murder somebody. It's all, it's all emotion. There's no logic to it. And it's just like, boom, there you go. Nobody goes, Hey man, if I do this, they're going to give me the death penalty. You're, cause you're not thinking at that moment. There's actually so- no. Go on.
0: Look, the entire crime philosophy is, is based on what you just said rational logic. It's called rational deterrence. And there is no rationality to committing a crime. So that's what I'm saying when everything we discuss from that point on is rather pointless. The whole thing has to be rebuilt from a different ideology designed to increase society and make society better and ask the question of how do you do that when it's obvious that put locking somebody up for having a fucking flower in their pocket is not going to make a better society. But yet we do it.
1: Can we get into uh, the point of these uh, these laws? We've talked about it much much on this podcast. Uh, I think drugs, I think prostitution are poor people crimes that are only applied to poor people. I mean, we look at prostitution. Poor girls are hookers. Rich girls are, are sugar daters. They literally can advertise sugar dating on billboards in Los Angeles. And if prostitution's so bad, why don't they go to these, these websites that do sugar dating and arrest all these girls? Because those are rich girls. Rich girls doing rich girl stuff.
0: Well, I think a lot of it does come from like subconscious things where people are being stupid. But my my large idea is to say that all the laws and the whole system is for the oppressed classes and they have the laws set aside them and they have the laws enacted upon them and they have no power. What they do with police is they take people from the oppressed classes and they give them this thing where the law doesn't really apply to them, but they're still poor and they still don't have any real power. And then you have the elites and the elites control everything. That's the, the small, the oligarchy. I mean, we literally live in an oligarchy. I don't know For anybody who sure. against that. For so, sure. like one chapter in the, in the book, one thing I talk about is the magistrate's law, where I think we have to have something where we have to change that judges can't actually make case law. We've accepted case law as being common sense in the Supreme Court and everything else but, but that is saying, that is the rule of the oligarchy. Literally, the laws are only valid through the opinion of an elite person who became a judge. That is how we decide laws and who they apply to. not literally more. by an elite class.
1: I couldn't agree I mean, if you're watching, Make it, are you watching Making a Murder 2 at all? Yeah, yeah, the new season. Oh, my God. I mean, like, this is obviously coming down to that the state does not want to pay out what they're going to have to pay out if they release these guys. And then I, they still got to pay him for the first one. No, he agreed. He he agreed out on that. That's he
2: mm-hmm. panicked because that's what got him in. That's what I think got him in. They didn't want to pay him for the first one.
1: No, but he 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 agreed. Well, the what what got him in the first time was when the insurance company said, "If you lose this case, we're not paying the thirty-eight or thirty-six yeah. million dollar uh, settlement." Right there, he was fucked. He was fucked. He what he should have done is gotten out and fucking moved. Out of the state, state he's, and yeah. just drove in when he had to. to ta- that was his big mistake. But this whole thing, especially with the the, the nephew Dess, this is so obviously the state realizing, and these judges playing ball. And it's like when you talk about elite. They, they I forget what. They went to the Wisconsin Supreme Court and they first had to go in front of 3 judges. Now they're going in front of 12 judges, but these three the three judges, the one white guy was like, "Why everybody hates white guys?" I mean, just <laughs> I mean like playing ball with the state fucking company man and it's what you're talking about the elite class ruling on poor people. And the way he interprets how these cops who are doing the elite people's work And how he interprets that interview is just the most ridiculous bullshit thing I've ever seen in my life. It is so fucking frustrating. And I hear everybody, dude, no, it's so obvious what they're doing right there. And it's exactly what you're talking about. The elite punishing the poor. Listen, man, I got busted buying drugs off a street walker one day. And I'm very honest about it. It was a very low point in my life. And it's like when you when you are powerless against drugs and I, there is no other way to describe drug addiction is powerlessness. It's like because, you know, you should not be doing it. it's what you're talking about. There's no logic to it because, you know, doing it is going to put you in bad places. And I got busted and I got arrested. And I've been lucky that I've been doing like about 10 years of charity work for this for this Armenian charity. And uh, I was lucky that on the board was Mark Garagos, and he pro bonoed me, man, because of all the work I'd done for this charity. But if I didn't have him, dude, I would have been hit with a felony, and I wouldn't have been able to tour around doing all the stuff that I'm doing. And I realized that day that if you're, if you're not connected or have cash, the legal system is fucking impossible. And everything you're seeing happen with Brandon Desi, and he's having right now some of the best lawyers, and they're still struggling. Because the legal system is what you're talking about. These elitists have set up to just punish the poor. I mean, and then on top of that, even before what you're talking about, we're talking about privatized prisons. That that fucking system of how we have well, – well, go on. Sorry.
0: Privatized prisons, one thing to be careful of is they're not much different from any other prison. Uh, the, really, the only difference is the name on the building. You still have toilet paper, beds, supplies, personnel, uniforms, pretty much 99% of the private issues – are still present in any state prison with the same influences buying the same politicians for the same reasons. We can get baited into taking getting rid of private prisons thinking that's a fix when it's really a statistically irrelevant fix. The whole concept of the way we have prisons structured are really private prisons throughout because it's not like we have prisoners making toilet paper for other prisoners. We it's all into the into the capitalized private market of what all the prisons are. So it is important to not get caught up in some of those things as being easy solutions. The whole fucking system has to be redone completely.
1: Yeah. You know, and when we you remember when they were pushing uh, the, you know, uh, three strikes are out and everyone's like, yeah, three felonies. You've done. You're done. You're like, that's great. Get these people. And then you realize, oh, they were just setting up ways to have uh, basically tenants for life. They've literally set up a way yeah. to have tenants for life. And what you do is you take, and I understand you were saying that the judge represents the elites, but you don't allow these judges any chance to be like, okay, like there was a famous case where a guy stole a bike and that was his third offense and he got life for that. And you're like, that, I, I don't think that was what it was meant for. And then as I learned more, I realized, oh yeah, that's exactly what it's meant for. It's meant to get tenants for life.
0: And that's a conundrum in that the judges are actually the only mitigating force that we can see in the records, uh, in the scholarly work of research, that the only people doing any good in the criminal justice system to help people are actually the judges. So, yeah, there's definitely a conundrum there in that how the elite are the only ones that are actually helping anybody. I think that's largely because this is basically a religion. And you're essentially—it's—it's it's like telling somebody that God isn't real. Essentially, you're—you're you're not just telling them that their worldview is wrong. You're telling them that their worldview is wrong. Everything they've worked for in their career is wrong. Uh, their parents, their fathers, their a lot of the foundations of this country were built on ideas that were absolutely wrong, and that they've investigated and pulled in as part of their personal identities. That's why, like, I'm why cops commit suicide after they leave too, is because it's part of their identity, and you're literally trying to like rip something apart from them. And if you don't give them a replacement, there's no way psychologically to get these people on your side. They'll just entrench in deeper into a backfire effect double down on the wrong and that's what you see now you see a lot of doubling down on wrong ideas like using stop and frisk uh, or, or or new york city tactics which we know are harmful mm-hmm. and we know don't do anything to solve crime and make and make the problems worse and have these racially disparate outcomes but we and even black communities push for these things because it's all part of our narrative so even like with date with uh Daisy and uh the other guy i can't remember his oh name, yeah steven
1: avery brandon desi
0: Desi, yeah, they, they can have – like everybody involved can think that they're doing the right thing. They can think that with no ill intent, but they're just blinded to this thing like a religion, just how any, any Christian is blind to the harms of Christianity and any Muslim is blind to the harms of being a Muslim.
1: Yeah, I, I get that too. It's, and there's just these people that don't believe that a good people – can be screwed by this system because they're taught at a very early age to trust. I mean, like all public schools are are teaching you how to follow rules. Uh, exactly what it is. You know? Just how to sit down.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, it's just like
0: – Well, factory workers. We thought we needed factory workers. So that's what I mean by what people think they have. They have good intent. But they're locked into these bad ideas because they're not critically thinking and trying to plan for the future. They're doing things like saying, oh, we need factory workers in this country. So how do you do that? You get them into a system. You lock them in. And with these school systems that we have, we're designed to create factory workers. But we don't live in a factory worker environment anymore. So it's obviously harmful at the moment. But that does not mean that the people that designed that had ill intent. A good example of that is like the crack disparity. The reason that that rule was was put in place was, dis- was targeted targeting mid-level dealers the thing is is that when you're talking about crack a mid-level dealer is has been pushed into the black community has no resources because of all those other factors so then their amount of resources is lower so then it becomes like 10 grams for them but the mid-level dealer of cocaine is some guy with resources who the law doesn't touch and it's 100 grams for them so you don't have ill intent
1: all the time so you're thinking that the crime bill that that bill clinton signed in i believe it's either 1995 or 1996 was not designed to lock up quote unquote super predators which were basically black males because I think that was the intent
0: If the intent was – Yeah, but they think that that will work to help other black people. It's the same reason that 90 percent of the calls I got to go after drug dealers were from 71-year-old black ladies sitting in their upstairs calling the police to mess with another black guy. I get what you're saying. Because it's all worth the seeing. Yeah.
1: Right, but I believe that the Clintons and whoever helped craft that bill, they had other intentions, which was – why they make crack, a nugget of crack, the same as a helicopter full of cocaine, which Bill Clinton loved, known for doing it in uh, 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 Arkansas, where they flew in a lot of the coke, everybody thought it was coming in through Miami and Florida. It nope. was actually coming in Arkansas, through yeah. Arkansas. And he was the mayor what was he? No, he's the governor. The governor, yeah. Governor. <laughs> yeah. He's fucking straight up gangster. Hillary Clinton's dad ran the Chicago mob. Nobody wants to talk about that and how they deal with people. But I believe that that was done systematically to remove black men from the family unit and have people grow up without dads. And I'm not, and if you're a single mom and you don't have the father in your life, I'm not saying you're a bad person at all. There's, you know, like you're doing the best you can. But systematically, they try to do it to fuck with the family function, the family uh, unit. Now, I believe that that is what's happening with heroin right now. They are flooding the middle class, uh, white middle class, poor middle class with heroin. And it's the same game plan to get dads and people, the family unit, uh, you know, to break the family unit, put one of the parents in the jail. You know, put the mom in jail, throw a felony on her. Now she's having kids with felonies and it just hurts the whole fucking process. Am I, 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 do you think I'm at all close on any of
0: that? I think you see the outcomes for what the outcomes are. I've My experience is just telling me that everywhere I go, I don't find the intent. I've traveled this country, spent – from coast to coast, um, probably almost all 50 states. I've been to all different levels in all different rooms. And what I'm trying to say is just as much as most drug dealers standing on a corner and most people that pop a cap in somebody's ass had some kind of intent – that was understandable in that context of what was going on and what they knew to be true. And I think the same is true on the reverse side. I think empathy is, is something we need to display towards everyone. And whenever we're thinking that our tribe or our ideology is better, we're, we're probably extremely naive and we're wrong. And I, I, I think that working together and looking at our core common things that we we're, we're realize we're all talking about the same shit. And I think what the oligarchy does is try to get us to talk about things that are tribalistic and things that are identity politics, to get us to not realize that they're like, like a lot of other people have noted, there's nothing more powerful than us when we group together. I watched okay. the Deuce of hazard growing up, yeah. And I want we, we all said, fuck the police, yeah. back in fucking 1991. And NWA was saying, fuck the police, and, and back then, too. We're the same, fucking, team. I agree with They're you. telling us we're different, and even the rich, the rich, even though I, I get that, 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 that they're the other side. But they also think that they're going to create a better society and do things better in the end for their tribe. We must recognize that there is no real tribes. I mean we haven't – we have nations and so we have to abide by that construct. But the fucking race and classes and all that shit, we don't have to abide by. We choose to.
1: Right, but I think it's very important because I feel like what you're saying is like – There's no intention. But when you talk about oligarchies, there is intention. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like there's the rich, the rich man and and not all the rich.
0: Let me give you an example though. The only way that power has ever been given to the people is through a benevolent dictator. So nowhere out in history has democracy resulted in power getting to the people only benevolent dictators have now can that right. change? Of course, but if you have in your mind that the elite are the only people who have done things better for the for the underclasses, well then you can see that rationality. The oppressed have never helped the oppressed
1: I agree with you i agree with you. I think we agree with you, but what i 'm saying is when we talk about intent, we are talking about a group of people. This small group of very powerful people at to the top, with an intent to control. Right? Is that? I mean, like you and I can agree with it's yes all no, kumbaya just,
0: subconscious. Like this is the whole premise of that of that book, and like why I'm getting into this is not only are you are we naive to think that we can understand someone else's intent. We are naive if we think we can understand our own intent. It's the same reason why people like Brandon Dacey go and they confess to the crime. Out of his words, out of his mouth was intent. And people say, oh, we should believe that. But not even he can understand why he did that at that moment. We are biological creatures that respond to our influences. And it doesn't always make sense. And it's not necessarily known to us.
1: Okay, I I will agree with you that even when I was talking about my drug arrest – that there is no logic to my drug arrest. There's no law. Lo- I didn't. I made it was illogical what I did right there. It was very stupid. Uh, Brandon Desi, what he confessing to? But your drug to- arrest
0: isn't violence, right? Your drug arrest isn't hurting somebody. That's a societal violation. Right. That's, that's like another.
1: Speeding. That's another. But those,
0: you need to look at those differently. So violence is what we need to right. look at. Societal violations, are we use incentives and disincentives. We don't use violence and, and force. OK, I, right. so, I understand so the whole system was wrong in treating you that way. There's, right. no, there's right. no way. To and that gets back
1: that to way. my opinion that prostitution and drugs are poor people crimes. What I'm saying to you, and maybe I disagree with you, and I'll, I will sit down and read your book, is that the people at the very top, in my opinion, have the intent. Because if you look at, you know, people always say, how do you know what's really going on? How do you know? And I go, well, you really don't. And to that, maybe that agrees with your point. But for me, I go, You look at history, right? We look to the best, and some people think history's not real. It's written by the winners and whatever. I do believe there are people who've always tried to get out what the truth is. So you you do your best you can to understand the patterns of these people that you are trying to understand what they're doing. And then on top of that, you put who gets the money and who gets the power. And to me, that always breaks down to what's probably really going on. If, If there's a history and then there's money and power to follow, it that's probably a good idea on what's really going on so when i let's take the crime bill again of 96 and of 94 and 96 to me that was intentionally done to hurt the black community and because whether it was intentionally done or not
0: bad members of the black community or pe- well, I mean, bat- like just league. like Chris Rock said, I'm telling you, this is how they think. I talk to them. They think I, talk to I them. love. I love. I hate. I love black people, but I hate niggas. That's what they think. That is not a new idea. This is no, entrenched in the black community. I understand
1: that. I understand but if that. If the
0: Clintons were listening to the black community, then they would do these things. So if you can't separate them. To put intent on somebody else, I'm telling you, that is the tribalism. Right. That but listen. Us. They have all the power. I get what you're saying. And I agree with that. I understand what you're saying. Fuck them.
1: I get what you're saying. But. If the same people wrote the fucking crime bill, are the same people flooding the fucking ghettos or the hood or whoever with the drugs? That's a different thing, man. I'm telling it's you, not- when you find out the CIA is the one who's... Br- like, dude, look at heroin. Who who does crack? Yeah, black, black people. Black people.
2: Right. Who does cocaine? White people. Okay, and that's, that's where I think you're right, because it in- fucking explains it, that there's only you you go you start with you start with cocaine that's where you usually you do cocaine right then you get poor yeah because you fucking did too much cocaine yeah then you go to crack
1: yeah well it's and it's also like we've seen statistically or through fucking document to document that the fucking government is bringing the drugs in so if the government has fucking armies fucking protecting poppy fields and heroin production's gone up 70% and with that has gone up the death of 70% you're, and then they're the ones making the laws, that's the intent. It even
2: happened in LA with Rick Ross. Right? You've heard, yeah, you that, know that. That
0: poppy seed was crazy.
1: Right? It's crazy, right? So <laughs>
0: yeah, that, in that, course. there's Look, intent on that. What I'm say is when you say intent, like there's this underlying that it's racist intent and I what I'm, maybe that's where I'm getting it misconduct. Where I'm perceiving it wrong is okay. that you are implying racist intent, but I don't think the racist intent is there. But crack was think a is black the drug. Is to go after these people who commit these crimes, and they think these crimes are bad, and they think force will work, and they think that will make the community better. But that's good intent; it's not evil intent. They're right. just fucking inept.
1: But if I am making, <laughs> if okay, let's just for, let's just start at zero right here. Okay. If if I. <laughs> am making the – me, Sam Tripoli, Sam Tripoli right now, I am the leader of the free world. I am making drug laws that said they you do these drug drugs, drugs. Let's just say – well, what was the crime bill? If you get busted with a certain amount of crack, he
0: signed it. He signed it. That was that. That crime bill was pushed for by Farrakhan, by fucking Al Sharpton, by the black, uh, the noble, the black uh, law enforcement officers. This was a black wall. To say that a black wall had racist intent is just not going to be a message that's going to win over arguments.
1: Right. But if 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 the people known for using crack. It's mostly the black community, and it's going to affect the black community. And whether black people wanted it or not is, is but, relevant to me. But,
0: because but that's what they're, they're p- supposed to do. They're supposed to do what, their pe- what, what they're supposed to listen. That's what I was told for the last two years. I've been told shut up and listen, and I've shut up and listened, and this is what I'm reporting back.
1: Right. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. I, I'm not saying – totally that what you're saying I disagree because most of the stuff you're saying I totally agree with but I'm just no, getting but
0: that- in Baltimore what I'm saying is, is this is a black this is a black president with a black uh, states attor- attorney general with a black police commissioner with a black mayor with an all-black council with a black police department being called by a black person to lock up another black person it's it like White people are out of the equation, or no, a significant amount completely of completely
1: agree with that. Completely agree with that, but just because right, it's so black, that's why we
0: can't look at people. We must look at the system.
1: What I'm talking about is t- I, This is still going back to intent, and I—that's people. We're, I guess we're not going to agree on that because I believe <laughs> there is intent to there is intent to make bad things happen.
0: So okay, we, okay. Uh, so let me let me relent and tell you, fine. There is intent, and you win that argument entirely. Okay. How will that perspective uh, help us fight oppression? Uh, it won't. As long as we think there's an enemy, oppression and violence are guaranteed.
1: Well, okay. I, I, I think once we all go, "Hey, dude, these laws have been put out by this group of people that that's very power elite." That you even said that the the laws run. I don't know if we'll ever change it because they have like, dude, you've said things I I I couldn't agree with more such as that, you know, they get us to fight with each other. 100%. If we can all just go, "Hey dude, you know, it it shouldn't be them. It's all about us. Us. We are us. This is
0: us. Whether you're black, you white, we can't be stopped. We can't be stopped. We One, can We can only be stopped when we allow the division. If you took any co- yeah. It will seep in. Any kind of, of identity politics will seep in. So, like, let me give you another example. Like, since we're all black issues, for example, there's colorism among black males. <laughs> Fucking really? I mean, like, yeah. those, those are the things I'm talking about. Like, so whenever we start drawing tribal lines, we're just going to draw another one, and we'll draw another one, and we'll draw another one, and then. We're, we're, we're powerless because we're not working together.
1: I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, there's parts of but Africa.
0: I, we need them. I, we need to kiss their ass because they have the fucking power. I'm telling you, if we all want to unite together and say, fuck you, yeah, we can burn this bitch down, sure, but they still have the institutional knowledge. They still know how to do these things. Every single person that's been oppressed by the police department knows fuck all compared to me about how a police department runs and what you need to do to fix it. So we can all rebel and burn shit down but that will not make a better society for our kids.
1: Well, I'm with you on that. I mean like uh, I, the kissing of butt, I don't know if I'll agree with that. I think there needs to be uh, I do agree with the uh uniting together and what we're doing like is it's very it's like an experiment, man. It's like an experiment. We are mammals. We are, whether we want to agree we're animals or not. We are, we're animals and we're mammals and we run in packs. What we're trying to do is go, Hey, you don't look like my pack, but we're in the same pack and that's real shit. And like I said before, a gangbanger in the fucking hood and a crystal meth cooking fucking white trash in the trailer park have more in common than they fucking think. If you actually set them down and go, why are you making the decisions you're fucking making? And the truth of the matter is, is that they're fucking hopeless. They have no hope. Because they look at the system and they're just trying to survive. And it's all done on purpose. And again, we're going back to intent. You and I will disagree. I think intent, there's a big part of fucking free market, moving the jobs out. Nobody's got jobs. You get depressed. You want to do drugs to get away from the fucking moment. Then there's all these laws that throw you in the fucking jail. I I believe there's more intent on that than maybe you do. Michael, but that's fine. We're not going to agree on any of that.
0: Intent. Just ill intent. I don't know that it's so ill.
1: (laughs) I I think, man, these guys, I think like, you know, you always say we got morals. We got no morals in this country. Everything's going. No, the the biggest problem we have in this country is fucking greed, dude. Greed is killing everything. Everything Greed is fucking the make a... Do- See, dude, why do my comedy shows do really well in L.A.? Because they make a dollar with people instead of off people. This t- country is all about, can I get another dollar out of you? Oh, what? that's
2: it. That's what I tell everybody. Uh, now, you used to just buy something. uh, uh um, Blades. Yeah. To shave your face. Now they want you on a monthly fucking subscription. They yeah. want to guarantee your money that this time... It's gonna fucking happen. Netflix. Every, they, everybody's got it. Everybody's got on no, a monthly subscription.
1: Then the blood. Then the blades. People, the actual workers, aren't making any money because now you're only buying blades from one person, and it's you know it's just. And then you notice how. A,
2: and then you notice how much you were getting fucked because, uh, what is it? That the big one, what, um, that shaving company.
1: Yeah, there's a bunch of them. Yeah, yeah I'm on Harry's. Yeah,
2: Gillette. All of a sudden,
1: it's fucking cheap.
2: Yeah. But yet at fucking CVS, since they were the only ones you could buy, they were had them all locked up because.
1: That's fucking free market, by the way. The fact that the blades keep going down, yeah, that's free fucking. They're, market. they're so pissed. I don't I, I, mind free market. I hate free trade <laughs> though. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, like it's. I, I agree with a lot of stuff you're saying. That there, there, there is. Uh, it's. We need to work together, man. We need to work together, and it's just like this identity politics. It's fucking crushing us man
0: let 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 me give you an example real quick when i talk about guns and so a lot of people when they talk about they would want an environment where like you could have free guns and everybody could rule you could have like this liberal society what i'm trying to say is like we know what those things are and we are animals and we will get tribalistic by instinct so we have to create systems that will fight that i always say look i am a fucking badass alpha fucking male that was trained from the fucking get-go to execute violence and not fucking give it a second thought. So if you want to have a society that has weapons everywhere, all you do is make me fucking invincible in this small little area. And I don't know why you would want to do that. That sounds ridiculous. We have to have societies that make it better for all of us. And that requires looking at this national perspective, not looking at what is good for our immediate circle. Just like the idea of even justice. The justice is not not, the, the system cannot be used for your personal vengeance upon about what happened to you. It must be Couldn't focused more. towards creating a scenario where that's less likely to happen again. Justice for Tamir Rice is making sure that some other 12-year-old kid is not murdered by the police on a playground. It's not sending that cop to prison and punishing him for the rest of his life. But yet, what we do is we try to get that cop in prison because we're so fucking tribal and we miss the entire picture that we've done fuck all to make sure that tamir rice is protected
1: right but he did murder somebody am i wrong who did what the cop. no the cop, tamir rice what? is the
0: 12 year old boy that was killed in cleveland right just okay by the police, just
1: but, okay let's take the cop where the guy ran off and the cop shot him in the back we have walter Basis.
0: scott and that other guy so sure The same thing comes if the goal of the system – this is when it gets really difficult and where I have a hard time. The goal of any system should be to prevent the reoccurrence of that offense. That individual, especially when you're talking about cops, they can commit an act of violence that they would never commit in any other scenario because they were only in that scenario because they were cops. So to prevent them from from killing somebody or committing violence ever again, all you'd have to say is we're not going to ask you to co-commit violence on our behalf. So literally throwing them in prison does nothing but but re- replace them with another cop that's been trained to do the exact fucking thing. I
1: understand what you're did. saying. I understand what you're saying. But there is something about murdering somebody and that you don't do that in society. And there's a sure. Pill-
0: so we separate them from society. It's How do you do that? Vengeance. You put them on an island? Well, sure, you can. Sure. You, no, you can have a prison and you can have walls, but it doesn't mean you're, you, you just separate them from society. It doesn't mean right, you put them in a right, fucking cage. Right, right, right. I mean, other countries do this shit. Like yeah, most, They actually have keys yeah. to their own doors and stuff.
2: In Mexico, you can have a, a fucking family in there. If they're willing to live with you, you can have like your family and people hang out. They can come in and out, but you just got to stay there. You can't leave the place.
0: Oh, that's not, that's yeah, in Sweden, some of them don't even have walls. Yeah. Like they could just walk away if they wanted to.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I get that, dude. Yeah, it's interesting. I get what you're saying. You're not. Cu- you're not curing the problem.
0: Right. By- and so, see how even in like when I talk about intent, right now, I can sense from you that you're like, "Be nice to these motherfucking murderers." Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know about but that. It's in but- our history, it's our minds that you can't. You can't treat people with such kindness and empathy. We want to be so fucking tribalistic.
1: Well, I mean like the truth is that somebody's life was lost. That's what – it's basic eye for eye shit, right? So if you take a life – What?
0: We don't know why any murders were ever committed in this country.
1: We I, only
0: know how. We, but I mean like there are murderers who that. said why they murdered you somebody. Have ju- no, no. You only have why they told you. So for instance, the vast majority of violence comes from lead poisoning. The fucking kid that was lead poisoned doesn't grow up and commit a murder and go, you know why I fucking committed that murder? Because I was lead poisoned when I was three. Okay, We, so- we, we never investigate why. We only investigate how. So like a, a bank robbery is an easy way to look at it. You go into a bank robbery, they investigate how the person committed the crime. Nobody fucking asks why. So we don't do shit to solve the problem.
2: Well, that why is pretty simple. He's broke as fuck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you <laughs> you know, well, that's what reasons. suggests. Well, I mean, why if you want to go only back. broke when other people have money. Right. So we have tons of very poor societies that have nothing, but they're not violent. Ooh. So these tribes in Africa that live off the fucking dirt, they don't have any violence amongst themselves and in their, in their little groups because they're all poor. The problem comes is when you're staring inequality in the face and then that that gets you fucking animosity. I get it, dude.
1: That's 100 percent, dude. And then, you know, it's like it's like comedy right now, man. It's like people are really pounding on comedy, political correctness and, you know, and I laugh, I go, no one's committed a crime because a comedian, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer didn't eat. Filipinos because he went to a Gallagher concert you know it just didn't happen right but you watch like there's a real monkey see monkey do attitude like when it comes to dramas video games movies everyone's got good everyone's getting shot all this fuck you know I did Rogan many years ago and I talked about it's like you watch a Steven Seagal movie right that one guy goes on a crime spree and then just drives off and nothing ever ha- he doesn't actually ever do. De- Deal with the cops. It takes Steven Seagal vigilante to put an end to this crime spree. And like, don't think people didn't watch that and think, oh, I'll just walk off too. You know, someone, boom, shoots them and then they just, they act like nothing fucking happened. And it's like, well, there's a monkey, see, you had to because most stuff in television, the cops actually don't stop you. It's some weird kind of superhero ass come in and clean up because the cops can't do any fucking thing. Am I saying Steven like all calls crimes in this country? Yes, that is what I'm saying. It's direct result. He is the lead poison of fucking movies, okay? Um, the point is that I think... There is something, which, but if you look at lead, lead causes violence. Let's take a look at child molestation. There are many times that there's an argument that these people molested because they were molested. And people take that into account, and maybe they get a little less, but they still go to jail for molesting children. And so it's like, if you're like, lead is causing this violence, I couldn't agree. With, there's probably something to that, 100%. But at the end of the day, some. it's like... My whole thing, you committed a crime at the end of the day. When, it's like when they talk about special people and low IQs, you know, they're like, when it's shown that he killed this person, I'm like, well, it's sad that he's got, but he killed somebody. Like a-
2: you could be a pedophile and just not act on it yeah. and keep fucking being a pedophile. Yeah. Just don't fucking act on it. I
1: mean, you could be attracted to children, which if there's laws. There's, there's laws that say, hey, man, you can't do this because mentally they're not equipped to deal with the situation, you know? I mean, a hundred years ago, people would get married at when they were eleven. I mean, like it just happened. <laughs> but we've but said we don't
0: lo- know why they're pedophiles. So that like, well, we, we know they're pedophiles that. because if they want to bang. prison we never know. So a good example of pedophilia is there was literally a guy who had a tumor. And started having child sex thoughts, a pedophilia, and then they went in and took out his tumor and the thing went away. And then he started to have those thoughts again, went back to the doctor and they found the tumor was regrowing again that was because like, it was pressing on this certain part of a brain. That was so like that one shooter. Need-
2: that one shooter, hmm? uh, that one shooter that killed a bunch of people, I, I can't get into What, his the name. guy
0: uh, in
1: Washington?
2: No. Nah, there's, was, there's a
1: handful of them.
2: Yeah, and then he literally said when he died, he's like, you guys got to look at my brain. He had a fucking tumor in there, and that's what got him mm-hmm. to start shooting people. Oh, he literally God. said, you got to look at my brain. This isn't me, but I got to act on it for so, what apparent reason. Crazy and he had a fucking tumor in his brain, and they were like, <laughs> they kind of. So, what if they took the tumor out?
0: Yeah. We, right. So that's the thing. They did that with the pedophile guy. If he would have committed a crime and then they took the, pedo- the tumor out and he's not going to be that way anymore, what kind of society are we to still say, well, there's a law and we're going to go put you away and we're not actively doing things to solve the situations that are going on? So it's my position and I'm very confident in it, that absolutely all violence is a biological malfunction. Something medically is going wrong. So even if you're talking about committing violence or you know, if you're talking about having a sex act on a Child, that is an act of violence, and so the reason that they're doing that is something is wrong biologically, and we completely ignore it.
2: Kind of makes sense because when you are drunk, you did put a chemical in you, now you're violent.
0: Yeah, right. It's so another change, one where it's a
2: change. No, you, have, you need a change so, in you to be violent because some people are violent and they drink. And all do you think sudden,
0: we're more violent fucking. than ever or less violent than ever? No, no, no. We know this. So my my big argument, my big position, is that the pro the most. The prominent trait of humanity is our extreme levels of cooperation. We have begotten less violent, less violent. This is the safest era in human history. Hands down, it gets safer and safer and safer and safer. Every single time we turn around, what we do is we hear about it more. And that, that makes us think that it's more. But even police shootings, the, the, they've been steady around a 1,000. But you got to remember there's more cops and more people. So if they're a steady number, that means it's actually going down. No, I'm with like, All no. violence is going down they because they took lead out of the gasoline almost worldwide. The only two countries that still have lead in their gasoline are Yemen and Iraq. Big fucking shocker. Even terrorism <laughs> is more fueled by lead poisoning than anything else.
1: I'm. I think that's very interesting, man, and I'm. I'm very interested. Not just in-
0: interesting, goddamn it! It's the facts. I <laughs> you, fu- I, this is what I do. I'm a fucking scholar. I spend every single day doing this. This is what I do.
1: Uh, Michael Wood <laughs> Jr. I, it was a wonderful conversation. Ah. Uh, I'm excited you were on. His book is called "Crime and Punishment in the 21st Century." Uh, where can they find you? It's an audio book too, though, right? Is it? It's a regular book. You can read it too. I no. said
0: audible mainly because that's where I make the most money is off Perfect. the audible. Okay, one. I respect that. <laughs> uh, do you read it? Do you read Although, it? most people really don't. Have I read like it the, at the all? No, no. Scholarly do, shit.
2: Is it your voice on there? Or is it, yeah, yeah, he yeah did I read it. Read oh, you read Look it? Look at that okay.
0: segue. Look at this guy. He's All a right. fucking pro. <laughs> so everybody knows he already knew X-G. that. But that segue, that was fucking smooth. So Horrible. when you're paying those advertisement dollars, you know this dude right here is going to throw that in there slick.
1: <laughs> so real quick, tell them where they can find you on social media and your website.
0: Uh, Michael A. Wood Jr. on Instagram is where I do most of my postings for things. I do have a YouTube channel and put out some podcasts and things there. And my publisher's website, imembermedia.com, is where you can really find everything. I've written a bunch of different books and do a bunch of different podcasts. Uh, been going back now, right now, and following up on old podcasts. So I'll do it with this one eventually, where I'll go back and, real- and try to critique all the stuff that I did. So I just did my <laughs> first Joe Rogan appearance, where I go back and see what stupid-ass fucking things that I said because people won't challenge me much. So I decided I would go challenge myself.
1: I challenge you. I loved it. And it was great. And thank you for calling in. And uh, dude, if you're ever in L.A., we'd love you have you in studio, dude. It would be fun to have another conversation. Awesome. I, I believe in, Uh, you know, this is an important thing. I think cops are good people. And I think we just need to uh, kind of work on the system a little more. And again... We're all, we're all the human race, man. You know what I'm saying? And it, sometimes that sounds like some kumbaya shit, <laughs> but I really do believe that stuff. And if we all come together and stop fighting on each other, and I got this whole theory that, like, in the, like for us, by us, black culture is almost cultish in a way, you know, the way he's like, if you look at Kanye West, he got, he got pounded on it, man. If you, what do you happen to what leave? happened now? What he said? Yeah. He's not like, out of politics.
2: No, you lost, you lost money. That's dude. what it is. You didn't see your shoe sales. If You don't
1: play the game, <laughs> yep. dude. If you step out of that shit, it's cultish shit, man. All right, man. We appreciate Michael Wood Jr. You're a G. Thank you. Guys, I hope Kumbaya, to see you in Texas. Kumbaya, motherfuckers. <laughs> hope to see you guys in Texas and we'll see you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys. You're the best.